kind of feel like all real estate investors should know how to wholesale, even if it isn't your end game or your main thing. Yeah. Because when you can learn how to find your own deals, you can keep all the meat on the bone. Absolutely. Which is kind of cool. Jerry Nornan, newest cartel boss. Thank you. Absolute legend. I remember in my dorm room at Harvard, thinking about getting into house flipping and searching how to flip houses. Mm -hmm. And your channel is probably the first channel I came across and subscribed to. That was back in like, I think 2014, 2015. That sounds about right, yeah. Um, So let's get started. Tell us, how how did you get into real estate? Well, I mean, my story is probably similar to a lot of people. I was kind of dead end job, going nowhere, wanted something better, started to really, really started to work on my own personal development. Yeah. Um, and you know, grabbed onto this idea of owning my own business, becoming financially free, not really sure how to do that. Of course, uh, you know, I read the same thing, real estate's made more millionaires than anywhere right. else. So I thought, okay, that's gotta be it. And when I found out about wholesaling, it was uh, like most people, it was kind of like this fascinating idea. Yeah. And I, I borrowed some money, I went to this uh, boot camp. Yeah. What and were you doing before this? Were you, it was you underground construction. Yeah. It was yeah. literally, literally uh, digging holes in construction. Wow. That was what I was doing before wholesaling. Mid 20s, like yeah. I think I was 27. And uh, went to this kind of wholesale seminar. And it was actually like a boot camp, small group. It was great. Right. I don't know if anybody recognizes the name Robin Thompson. She's, uh, I don't know if she's even around anymore, but was in Florida, borrowed the money, went to this thing. And what was fascinating was I met people there that knew so much. Right. And I thought, man, they got to be killing it. So I'd go up and I'd talk to them at break and I'd be like, man, because they answered all the questions. They know everything. Yeah. And I just like, man, you're a wealth of knowledge. Tell me about how you're doing. What you, oh, I haven't done my first deal yet. And it was my first introduction to people that kind of consume or learn, but don't take mm. action. Yeah. Now I've since found out that that's like super normal. Yeah. That wasn't me. I would learn something. I'm kind of the guy that like jumps into yeah. the deep end of the pool. I don't know what I'm doing and I fumble through. Yeah. It's messy. It's ugly. But I just tend to learn really well that way. And I, I actually kind of recommend it. Like you're going to learn so much more falling on your face than you are waiting until you got everything perfect. And so I kind of just took that like massive action and um, was part time in it a little bit, you know, like just afraid of the full time plunge. And then when I finally said, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to quit the job and go full time that my first month I did, I did five wholesale deals, made $52,000. Wow. And it, I mean, that was all the money I'd seen in yeah. the world. You know, that was like, right. I think my job was paying me, you know, 25 grand a year kind of wow. minimum wage job. Yeah. And, uh, and I just haven't looked back since at the time, you know, 2004, there wasn't much in technology. There wasn't much in tools, resources. Yeah. So it was pretty much driving for dollars was like the main thing I did in a yeah. pickup truck, you know, driving around looking for stuff. And that's kind of how I got my start. It's in Metro Detroit. And I went straight to like low end, low end, like yeah. the worst Foot neighborhoods houses. imaginable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Houses. Like $5,000 houses that I'd wholesale for 10,000. 10, right? Yeah. It was like that type yeah. of thing. And, um, and I, so for a couple of years, I just straight wholesaled. Um, then 06, 07 happens in Detroit. The market started to really decline and we started to draw a lot of national attention and yeah. international attention because of that. I called it the cheap factor. Mm. So California money was coming, overseas money was coming and they were buying up these cheap houses in Detroit. So yeah. I'd wholesale to these guys. And the these problem, were institutional buyers? Some of, no, some of them, some yeah. Of them, some of yeah. them were just, you know, a dude in California and he's right. like, I can buy a house for 10 grand 10 in Detroit. Grand. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, that's a rent. 
having rent no, for one month for a studio in downtown LA. <laughs> no, they had no idea what they were getting into. Right. right? But uh, <laughs> so what would happen was, is I'd wholesale one of these deals and then I'd be like, hey, I got another deal for you. And they'd say, well, I'm still trying to get my last one I bought renovated and rented. So to speed up the process, I said, well, let me help you. So I kind of, that was my introduction into rehabbing. Mm. I didn't do it because I wanted to. I did it because right. out of necessity, I can't wholesale another house until they got the last one done. So then I started rehabbing and then I thought, you know what, why don't I help them with management? I got some management people and we started doing some management. And so I got into the whole turnkey model mm. and then I thought, well, why don't I just build up some inventory? So I'd buy it, rehab it, put renter in place and then sell it as a done product. Yeah. So I did that for a while. Um, then 08 happens, financing falls out. By time, yep. by the way, I was doing maybe 80 of these a year, turnkey wow. rentals. So it was like kind of an operation. I had 15 deals going on at a time. Um, the bottom falls out, people can't get financing. What they were yep. doing is they would, they'd buy it for 50, it appraised for 80, they'd cash out refi, buy another one. Buy another one. So I'd sell yep. one guy 10 houses. Yeah, right? It was awesome. Until they couldn't get financing. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, overnight I'm kind of out of business with that model. So all I did is I said, okay, well, why don't I do the same thing but retail? And yeah. so I buy it, renovate it, just flip it Sell retail. It. Retail. Yeah. So little different rehabs. You know, we're doing granite now right. and a little nicer, but same idea. Yeah. And I just pivoted on the spot. And I think that that was a valuable lesson because I saw a lot of people go out of business during the 08 crash. Mm -hmm. And I just I it was like a it was like skipping a rock and I was on to the next thing that side. worked yeah now that was that was a challenge because for every three contracts i'd get one could close because financing was hard retail as yeah. well they wouldn't appraise or they couldn't get financing so but i worked through it and um and then i had something really pivotal happen i i got a deal that i flipped that was in a like a three hundred and seventy five thousand dollar neighborhood mm. and i was flipping like one hundred and fifty thousand dollar houses yeah so i do this flip i make seventy five thousand instead of twenty five thousand right and it was just as much work yeah and i had this light bulb moment of like wow why don't i focus more on High margin price. than volume yeah and so that was a real sticking point for me so i continued that progress of like just going higher end higher end yeah. And, um, you know, all along the way, I had this goal, like, I want to do a million dollar deal. Like, that was my big right. thing when I was young in the business. Million I was like, deal. one Love deal that. makes me a million dollars. And uh, so I'd write that down. I'd, I'd write it every year. I'd rewrite that goal. I'd think about it. And a few years ago in Scottsdale, Arizona, I did my first, you know, million dollar deal. Wow. And hit that benchmark. And then, um, you know, I've done several since then. So it was kind of like a re, you know, when you do something, you reset your expectations. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's a new thermostat. Yeah. And uh, so I've really enjoyed flipping as well. And all along the way, I've just continued to wholesale. I kind of have the philosophy for a lot of years. You know, if I can find my own deals, I'll keep I'll keep the home runs and, and fix and flip those. And the singles, doubles and triples, I'll wholesale those yeah. because there's always a flipper that's OK to make small margins. Yeah. Every market has those. Yeah. In fact, most wholesaling is, you know, finding that end buyer that will pay the most, which means you might be making more as the wholesaler than that flipper is going to make on that deal. But that's just how it is. That's in Phoenix, is. they make 20 grand to do a- Yeah, the a, value's in the it, buy. I always tell you, you make, yeah. you make your money when you buy, you lose it on construction. Yeah, definitely. And so I've I've always kept the wholesaling as kind of my grassroots because wholesaling saved me in a lot of messes. Yeah. You know, so there's been several Cash times flow. where, yeah, 
I've overextended. I've got too many loans, too many deals. And I'm like, man, I got to go wholesale some deals so I can make my loan right. payments next month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I kind of feel like that's been the holy grail. And um, it's just been an amazing business model to, to think yeah. that you can, through some hustle, get a great contract, make some quick cash assigning that to somebody else, put that money in your pocket and then go do other things or keep going. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's almost like once you've done it a few times, it's kind of like you almost have this security in the back of your mind where you're like, if I, even if I'm not wholesaling, if I ever do need money, I can just yeah. pound the phones for two weeks and get myself a deal and go make $25,000, $35,000. And I, you know, I've done that a few times, you know, yeah. even with it, with investor lift and, you know, certain times where like we needed cash flow, I'll just be like, all right, let me go pound the phones for a little bit, go do a couple of assignments, refill yeah. the bank account. Good to go. Yeah. I think what's, what's been fascinating for me in the education space for all these years yeah. is, um, much of the mindset around wholesaling is that it's a springboard into something else. Mm -hmm. And what's been amazing, especially since getting to know you a lot better is that's not at all the case for some wholesalers. A lot of times I see guys going the other way that, you know, they the start way. flipping, right? They watch HGTV, they start diving in right away with flipping. Yeah, and then they realize dream. how hard it is. Yeah. And then they come to the realization that all the money is made on the buy and the throughput and volume. I mean, the time it takes you to flip one house, I can wholesale 10. So even if you're making twice as much money on that deal, if I could do 10 times more deals in the same amount of time with the same team and same effort, you're making more money wholesaling. So now there's like the last few years has been this emergence of the mega wholesalers. Yeah. Which is a fairly new thing, or maybe yeah. it's not a new thing, but it's just being brought to light a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I mean, the 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 message I'm sharing with wholesalers now is, um, you can become a mega wholesaler. Yeah, right. It doesn't need to be this thing where I'm going to wholesale until I can save up money to go buy rentals or whatever. Right. That's fine, but it doesn't have to be. It can actually be a massive cash producing business, yeah, an operation. Get the wholesaling machine running on autopilot first yeah. spending off that cash and then if you want to spend that cash doing other things getting to multifamily or whatever go for it but you got to build your atm and like the, the wholesaling business is the atm especially if you can get running on without you the like challenge that you're going to have as you scale a wholesale business or flipping is yeah. uh, tax liabilities now your mm -hmm. next biggest problem yeah so that brings us to <laughs> puerto rico which is where we are right now yeah you got two options you move to puerto rico and run your company out of puerto rico or you have to start investing in long-term assets. Yeah. You got to start. And the problem with that is, and it's a problem I've had and every wholesaler has is once you start to die, once you start to go down that rabbit hole of asset management, it's mm -hmm. going to divert attention away from your wholesale. hundred percent. Tell us about the tax benefits for doing hotel investments here. Yeah. So not only does Puerto Rico offer tax incentives for your, your income, they also have uh, lots of other tax incentives and some of them are real estate. So like, for example, Opportunity Zone is 97% of the island fits yeah. the Opportunity Zone. So that's a big one. Uh, there's also the tourism tax benefit, which is for the hotel. So if it's a seven unit or higher, then the Tourism Department of Puerto Rico will give you a 40% tax credit. 40%. And it's it's your buy, your so it's your acquisition, your renovation, and a year of operating. Incredible. Including marketing, all operations, that total number, you get a 40% basically check. Now, it's the, the tax credit they give you is only ac applicable to Puerto Rico. Yeah. 
but corporations buy them for like 90 mm. to 95 cents on the dollar. So they're transferable. So you just yeah. trade them. Yeah. So on my hotel, um, we're getting, we applied for it. We're getting a $1.4 million tax credit that I'll sell for one, two. Wow. So it's almost like I, for, as a flipper, it's like you flipped it, but you kept it. Right. It, it, <laughs> so your guy will love that. He, your, your, like, your hold guy will love that. You get the benefit of flipping, but you keep it. And but get you all keep the cash it. Flow. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, it's like, or the way I look at it, it's like, it's like having a, a long-term capital partner yeah. on your deals that you don't have to pay back. Mm-hmm. Or one of the cool things I'm doing is I'm bringing in outside financing and I'm mm. basically leveraging the tax credit with my financing. So in other words, I'm telling my lender, Hey, there's going to be this big lump sum of cash coming in. Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we use that as collateral for the investment you're mm-hmm. making? Absolutely. You know what I mean? So that's, that's been a great yeah, conversation. It's a, it's a real asset. Yeah. It's a real, that, because there's, once you, there's a marketplace it's for guaranteed it once you file for it, I mean, you got to meet some milestones. You don't yeah. get it. They spread it out over a couple of years. So you don't get yeah. it all at once, but it's a real thing that's coming. Like you're yeah. getting it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely huge. Um, and one of the cool things about, uh, about the Looking Glass Hotel is actually on the top floor, we got a really cool space up there that, uh, Jaren are actually building a studio in right now. So, uh, expect to see a lot of content coming out of the Looking Glass. We're going to be flying people in from all over the country, uh, to, uh, take office hours and some of the content that we're doing to a next level and, and bring that all to you guys for free. So we got some really, really exciting. We're putting over a hundred thousand dollars into one room. To build the most our, our goal is to recruit all you guys to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Get yeah. you to come down. We'll shoot some content, hang out, do some Absolutely. fun stuff, go iguana hunting. Yes. Yes. That was a <laughs> blast. A couple of things that I want to make sure we get through today. Um, what I find interesting about you is you're really good at kind of predicting the future and mm-hmm. seeing where stuff is going to be a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. Um, I want to talk about uh, property wire. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... What's interesting about content education that you kind of changed the game because back when you started, it used to be if you want to learn how to real estate invest, you'd find some guy, I call him the Chuck with the truck. <laughs> you pay him a hundred grand yeah. and he would let you sit in his truck <laughs> for a month where he drove around and showed yeah. you how he did real estate. Pulled deals. back the curtain for you a little. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how you learned real estate education. And then the seminar business kind of came out, mm-hmm. but that was a lot of fluff. Now, I love actual su- substantive content. You came out on YouTube and started just giving out the entire game for mm-hmm. free. By the way, we did an entire uh, eight video series, Jerry and I. Check it out on Jerry Norton's channel. There's a playlist there. Uh, my entire zero to million per month playbook. I've never done the entire thing all at once. And the whole thing is on your channel. That, that literally could sell as a course. People have People have commented and said, you know, this is more than I've gotten on any paid thing I've ever done. Yeah, it's a great example of um, giving giving away for free what used to cost a lot what of money to, to get access money. to. But you and I did it very strategically because we're playing the long game. Yes, and that's the difference. Absolutely, right? Absolutely, we don't care about a quick buck here and there. So you guys should jump on that. I have had people say that they've spent thirty, forty thousand dollars on coaching and learned more in, in a few hours watching that. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, but the main point is you, you, you kind of came out with that theory. You pushed it out here. You proved it. Then everyone copied you. Yeah. Well, now with property wire, t- explain to us how you're kind of doing the same. 
Yeah. So when I first started doing content, what happened was, is um, I was in the education space. So I was selling coaching. I was selling courses and uh, I saw the trends in content moving more and more to high value content. So content used to be, and you guys probably all remember this, you'd watch a video, YouTube video, and it would say, hey, here's steps one and two and three. But if you want steps four, five, and six, buy my course. Yeah. So it was used as kind of like a, a bait and switch type of thing. Or mm-hmm. I'll give you a little, I'll give you chapter one. If you want the rest of it, buy my course. And that was where content, how content was used in the past. But, you know, I, what I saw was I said, this is not going to stay like this. Yeah. You started to see co- content just start to go up in quality. So what I did is I strategically made a move and I said, you know what? I'm no longer going to sell courses. Like I'm out of the course business. Instead, I'm going to put as much as I can in value into free content. Now, I still monetize because we have software, we can do coaching. So there's other ways to monetize. But as far as content, I want it to be the one that would give all all the steps, not just the barn, the whole farm. So it used to be give the barn, sell the farm. Now it's like, here's the whole farm. And it really worked well because what it did is it, it allowed people to really gain a lot of trust a lot of confidence. Here's a guy giving high value, not asking for anything in return. In fact, not only did I do the content that way, but then we would just give tons of free resources. Yeah. Here's a free, here's my contracts. Here's uh, my scripts. Here's whatever. Right. Today we have over 40, like we call them lead magnets, but they're, they're free resources that are high quality, valuable resources. And what that's done is it's just, it's built a lot of trust and a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. And I believe in the, in the law of reciprocity. When you do something good for somebody else, they feel an obligation to do something yeah. back for you. Yeah. So now I can say, hey, here's this content that I put my heart and soul into. Watch this video. And hey, by the way, check out my software if you're interested, you know, sign up for it. Yeah. And it's now drawn people into the platform that way in, in a massive way. And that'll do the same thing with our masterclass. People will come to investor lift because they're like here's this Rob Wensley guy giving away trade secrets that no one gives away mm-hmm. I want to find out more about what he does I want to yeah. check out what he's doing if this is if if he's giving me this high value what's his paid stuff like must right. be amazing yeah yeah kind of idea yeah right? and my I have the same philosophy as you I, I always am like hey I'm going to give out all my content for free because if people do well and they, if they consume the content, they execute on it, they do well and make tons of money on deals. They got to sell those deals somewhere. Yeah. And if, if I've built the trust with them on, on content and they've had success with that, they're going to buy the software and they're going to use the software and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Right. So I share that hundred percent. And now you're doing that with data. Yeah. So with, with the, with the data, you know, and by the way, I'm not the first one to think of that idea. That's a very common model. I mean, if you look at like, I think Zillow is a great example. Yeah. So Zillow is the largest retail property data site. Right. And how does Zillow make money? Well, from advertisements. So here's here's all the information for free. Here's the data search and look at homes for free. And then we're going to monetize on the side offering other services. Mm-hmm. So it used to be in the, in the very recent future, you know, the, the model was, We'll give you 10,000 records, 10,000 leads for a monthly subscription, 97 bucks a month. And then where they really made money was on the upsells, right? Mm-hmm. So then if you want more than 10,000, which anybody who's in the game really at any yeah. kind of level is going to need more than 10,000. So then they started averaging more like, you know, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month when you yeah. bought all the additional data, mm-hmm. right? And so that was sort of the model. Well, 
my idea, and and by the way, we're still in the early phases, so I either I'll either be a, a genius or a complete moron. <laughs> but we've uh, we've decided to just give the data for free, yeah. unlimited. Yeah, so you get that unlimited property unlimited. data. Yeah, so it's unlimited it's prop, property it's data. Prop wire. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, it's prop wire. Now, I knew that the only way this would work is it had to be as good or better than the big data providers. Yeah, and the user interface had to be really slick. Like it mm-hmm. had to be where you don't need a tutorial to know how to use it. Like you can get in there and it's intuitive and figure it out. And so I knew I couldn't build that with my overseas team where I built Flipster. My first software was kind of like a grassroots, right? you know, it's like stuff stacked on top of stuff. Right. It's clunky. Yeah. It's overseas engineer. You go in there and you're like, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. Like I thought the more you add to it, the better it'll be. Yeah. Feature <laughs> Which, bloat. Yeah, which I've I quickly learned that, you know, that's not how software works. The more it yeah. has, the the worse it is, right? But it's free and I wanted it to have a really great user interface. We've got cool features like lead stacking where you can just literally click multiple lead types and it'll it'll condense the data to just that. So, you know, and we've and we've added things like comps. Um we recently rolled out monetization, which is skip tracing. So now we have a skip tracing service yeah. and that's monetized. So it's kind of yeah. cool now to see. Um, you know, in a few months we went from launch to today we have, I think 30,000 subscribers to the software Wow! and we're averaging, you know, and now, now the skip tracing is, is really doing well. So, so we're not break even yet. So I'm, cause I'm spending a lot of money on data and a lot of money on the dev team. Um, and I've been now working on the software for a long time, you know, over a year, 18 months, I think. So I've got a lot and it's, it's, it's all, it's pretty much self-funded. So it's just my cash into this project, but I really believe that, um, the industry is going there anyway. Yeah. You know, like when you see something happening, it's like, well, do I want to sit by and watch it happen anyway? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to be the one that does it? Yeah. And so that's kind of how I approach that project is hundred percent. And any, it's one of the things that you teach you at Harvard, any commodities business, there's something called perfect competition where basically it's a race to the bottom on price. And in yeah. a data business, if there's other monetization strategies, eventually the data is going to be free. And well, you here's just the, jumped here, ahead the, on the that. Big, the big aha moment I had was your competitive advantage in the marketplace is not, not data. data. No, it's all, it's, it all comes from the same providers. Everybody's got the same data. Everyone's got the same data. Everybody yeah. has the same information. 100%. So why, why do you have guys, you know, Jason Ford doing a million a month and other guys that can't mm-hmm. get their first deal it's not the data. How we used to it. think it was the information. We used to yeah. think, you know, if I had the secret list, right? Or you know, if I was in a market where there was no competition, well, that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. So, seller data is dime a dozen. Like it all comes from basically two providers, and then other people resell it on top and have different APIs and stuff. But basically, it comes from two yeah. companies. It, so that's no longer the secret sauce is yeah. the data. Hundred percent. Uh, we're going to have lots more content coming out with Jerry, uh, and myself here in, uh, the next few weeks and months, make sure to check out the series we did on Jerry's channel. When you watch those drop in the comments, what else you'd like us to cover that maybe we didn't cover in those first eight videos. That would be super valuable to us. Um, and, and we'll shoot them, we'll record them, we'll put them out there, 100%, you know, free education. Uh, we dropped a lot of fire today. Yeah, it was A lot good. of fire. Great, great. Invite Q&A. me back anytime, Rob. Absolutely.